Turn with me in your Bible, or turn on your Bible if you have an electronic scripture, to the book of Philippians. Today we are in chapter 3, and we're going to try to follow verses 12 through 16. Uh, this uh, book of the Bible was uh, included in the scriptures because it was a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church that he founded in Philippi while he was writing from prison. In prison in Rome, um, shackled to a, a house arrest, if you will, awaiting the decision of Caesar whether he would live or whether he would die. And of course we know that the Caesar decided to take the apostle's life. But during that imprisonment, he wrote several letters to the churches, and Philippians is one of those letters. It's amazing, he's in prison awaiting execution, and he writes a letter that says, Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Could you do that? Are you doing that today? Are your circumstances imprisoning you from life and fun and happiness and a sense of purpose in life? It could be that you uh, find a new joy in our relationship with the Lord. The title of the message today is Keeping a Positive Faith. Another title we might give it is Keeping a Positive Purpose for Your Life. But overall, yes, Keeping a Positive Faith. So in chapter 3, we begin reading in verse 12, and we'll look at 12 through 16. Paul writes, not that I have already obtained it. What is he talking about? What's the it? Well, it's the end purpose of our life, and that is to be with God forever in his holy heaven. The resurrection is what he's mentioning here in the prior verse. And so that's God's will for your life, that you live with him in his holy heaven for all of eternity. He said, I'm not there yet. I'm still here in Rome. I'm still serving the Lord even from prison. Not that I've obtained it or have already become mature or perfect, but I press on, I continue, so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Jesus Christ. Christ laid hold of the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, and because Paul repented and said yes to Jesus, the Lord Jesus gave to him eternal life. And Paul says, I want to hang on to who's hanging on to me. I want to hold on to what's holding me. Does that make sense? And that is the grace and salvation of Jesus Christ. Then in verse 13, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to lies ahead, I press on. I press on. He doesn't uh, uh, live by distractions. He lives by determination. I press on toward this goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. God's will for your life and mine is upward. It's heaven bound. It's from heaven itself. Not from the earth or under the earth. It is not Satan's will for your life. It is God's will and desire for you that you have eternal life. Verse 15, let us therefore, here's what we need to do. 
as many as are mature or perfect. Mature is a better translation. Complete. Teleos is a Greek word, and it just means complete. So as many as are complete, have this attitude. If you're mature, if you're still positive and encouraged in your faith in the Lord, if you're needing more encouragement, if you are uh, slipping back and, and need to get back in the traces again, he said, uh, let us have this attitude. If anything that you have a different attitude, God will reveal that to you. However, let us, and this is the main point, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. In other words, let us live by the standard of the gospel that has laid hold of us in Christ Jesus. It's Jesus who has laid hold of us. Let's lay hold of him and embrace him and his standards for our life. Well, our little outline goes like this. First of all, Paul defined God's purpose for his life, and we need to define and keep focused on God's purpose for our life. One of the purposes of God for you, I've already mentioned, and that is for you to live with Him in His holy heaven forever and forever and forever. Another purpose for God in your life is to mold you and to make you who He created you to be. He is your loving Father. He is your Creator. And from Him you have all of life. And so God molds us and makes us who He wants us to be. We're not all the same but God is molding and shaping and working on all of us. Nowhere is it better illustrated than in the prophet Jeremiah in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 18. Let me read the first four verses. Jeremiah, this prophet in the Old Testament, when Israel was under siege and was going into exile, the, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house. Now think about, if you will, making a, a vessel, making a cup, or making a, a vase, or a vase, if you will, and uh, on a potter's wheel. Arise and go down to the potter's house, the Lord said, and there I will announce to you the word of the Lord. God makes his word known sometimes through the uh, creation that he has made. Uh, he takes a seed, and he talks about the sower and salvation. He takes a seed and talks about planting it and having faith and let the seed do what the seed was designed to do. And that's really what faith is. Faith is just letting God do what God wants to do in your life and my life and be patient and, and let God work. Here he's, he's using a very basic, uh, fundamental, everyday um, uh, uh, picture of what it means to be a person of God, somebody molded and fashioned after God. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will announce to you my words. And then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something on a wheel. Now, I, I've not made pottery. Anybody here made pottery on a wheel? Anybody ever done that before? Yeah, okay. Well, you've seen people do that, and you know the wheel as it's turning around and around, and you know the potter will take some clay and with some moist clay and put it on that wheel and as it's turning around and around with his hand he'll begin to shape that vase or that cup or whatever he's trying to make. So if you will the wheel that it's on is where the pottery is being made. The potter himself is the one that takes the, uh, the, the sand and, and the, uh, the dirt and the water and begins to 
to mold and shape as that wheel goes around and around. That's what God is doing in our life. He said, but the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. And so he remade it into another vessel and it pleased the, as it pleased the potter to make. And what he's saying to us simply is this. God made us and created us, but we have not become what God intended us for it to be because of our sin. And so God breaks us. God breaks us and remolds us through salvation in Jesus Christ. That's what he did with the Apostle Paul. He broke him. Paul was traveling on the road to Damascus to put Christians in prison, and, and the Lord Jesus appeared to him and stopped him, blinded him, spoke to him, and broke him into such a, a, a breakdown experience, if you will, that he could only have salvation by saying, Yes, Jesus, I acknowledge that you are the Lord of the earth, that you are the Savior of the world, that you are the true Messiah that has come into the world, and I'll do whatever you want me to do. And so that became the theme of Paul's life as God molded him like a potter molds the clay. Well, God is asking us to do the same thing. He's asking us not to let the world shape us, but to let God, who's our Father, Jesus, who is our Savior, mold us and shape us and make us what he wants us to be. Uh, the great Christian theologian uh, from uh, Africa, North Africa, Augustine, you've heard of his name before, he said the will of God is that we find our purpose in God's design for us, and he simply phrased it this way, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. Now let me pause here just for a minute. How is your heart conditioned today? By heart, I mean your soul. Is there a hole in your soul? Is there a vacancy there? Is there something missing in you? Are you searching for meaning and purpose in life? Or do you feel fulfilled and have a single purpose in this life? God designed us for himself. And he designed us in such a way that he could mold us to be who he wants us to be for his purposes in the world. So when you say yes to Jesus, like the clay allows the potter to shape it, when we say yes to Jesus, we become, hear this, we become the person he designed us to be. You will never know your purpose in God, your purpose in life, your purpose in eternity, until you say yes to the potter. Till you say yes to the one who created you. And say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. From that, Paul gives us his purpose statement. And you'll find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. He says, I'm Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. That's pretty simple. That's pretty straight. We are children of God too. And we have a purpose to live out. And in order to understand that purpose, we need to listen to Jesus as Paul, on the road to Damascus, was pretty much forced to listen to Jesus as well. How do we listen to Jesus? Well, we listen to Jesus by listening to the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. And Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to speak to us in such a way 
that we would follow him and trust him and let him mold us to be who he wants us to be. Paul went on to say, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So in order to live out our purpose, we must continue in fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit. Now, it is the Spirit of God that has inspired the Word of God that speaks now to the people of God. And if you're not sure, uh, if you feel like you've got a hole in your life, if you're not sure of your purpose in the world, are you in the Scriptures? This is how the Holy Spirit will speak to you through Bible study, and that's why I'm so excited about having 160 again, two Sundays in a row, in small group Bible study, because that's how the Holy Spirit of God speaks through the Word of God to the people of God so that we can continue to grow and become who He's molding and shaping us to be. So we need to listen, and we also need to obey what we hear. God works in our life to give us a desire to know Him and to do His will. It isn't us that says, I want to know God. It's God that's put a hunger in our heart. It's God seeking us. Remember what Paul said here? I want to lay hold of what's already laid hold of me. I want to clutch. I want to grasp. I want to hold on to what's been holding me. That's what he's talking about. And obedience is the key to that. And if we're not willing to obey what God calls us to be, then we have a vacuum in our heart. And that leads me to the second point as we go to the next two verses. Read with me verses 13 and 14. Excuse me, let me get some water. hope I don't destroy my microphone again. As I did before. Verse 13 says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and reach forward to what lies ahead. Some people are still defining themselves by what happened in their past life, by a hurt that we experienced, by a life we lived before we became a Christian. Uh, are things that have happened to us and, and we hold on to those things and we say, that's who I am. Folks, my history is not who I am. Who I am is who God is molding me to be in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Paul writing, serve the Lord without distractions. Folks, there are distractions that are keeping us from being who God has molded us to be. He said, I let go of these distractions. I defy these distractions. I deny them that they will take hold of my life. I asked a pastor friend of mine. In fact, uh, he, uh, Barry Washington and I call up each other once in a while and pray, pray with each other. And I said, Barry, how do you, how do you avoid temptation? You know, he, he says, I just tell the devil, not today, Satan. Not today. Isn't that, isn't that wise? Not today. And sometimes I'll, I'll use that. I'll say, Satan, not today. Not right now. Not at this time. So he says, I press on to the goal for the upward prize of the call of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, there are some, there, there are some, uh, you know, there are so many things that distract us 
from reading God's word, being in fellowship with the Lord, serving God. It may be social media that we get hooked into, and it's designed to hook you that way, kind of like the slot machines in Las uh, Vegas. Uh, you get to start watching those, that stuff, and uh, it knows where you shop. It, it knows what you bought. Um, I went looking for a shirt online, and every time I, my Internet comes up, some, some company is trying to sell me a shirt. If you don't think they don't know who you are and where you live and what you eat and how old you are and what you prefer in life, you're kidding yourself. They know all about you. Well, the things of this world that you're shopping for can become a preoccupation, and so it begins to take hold of your life and, and take control of your, of your, of your life. Another, another enemy, really, of, um, of this battle that we have that tries to distract us is just plain busyness. Noise, busyness, so many... Um, people in our life and our world and uh, we don't we fail to pause we fail to pause you know the presence of God and I mentioned earlier today the presence of God in this place is as close as the breath you're breathing where is God what's he doing Will he speak to me? Yes, he'll speak to you. But you've got to slow down and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And God will allow infirmities in our life to slow us down. He sure did me. Slow down. We get busy doing things for God, but we don't take time to actually meet with Him. You know, it's so good to just sit and say, Lord, I just want to talk to you today. I just want to praise your name. You know, the sun came up this morning, and about 7.15, it was starting to get a little bit light out there. and I just felt like, Lord, let's just talk this morning. Can I just say thank you? Can I just say praise you for your love? Yeah. I, you know, as pastor... Uh, I carry you all with me all the time. I try my best to drive back to Louisville and, and just dump the whole church, just like a dump truck, you know, just let y'all go. And, and I take y'all with me to Louisville, and, and while I'm driving around and while I'm trying to do this and that, and then we turn around and come back. We go back Sunday nights and come back Tuesday through Thursday and then come back Saturday and Sunday. And um, it does help a little bit to get, get away and come back, but... Y'all are in my head. Y'all taking up space in my head. And, uh, you know, somebody told me they don't pay you to take up space in your head. <laughs> they, don't, they don't do that. And so I have to say, Lord, take care of your flock. Take care of your flock like I can. And it's just a miracle how God does that. So I can be busy as a pastor doing things, trying to make the church work. And it's not my church. It belongs to Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit of God that's at work here in every believer's life. And the miracles and, and the work that God wants to do here has yet to be revealed. And here are some flags that you'll know that you're following some of those distractions. One is you'll begin to compromise your biblical values. There's a way that seems right, the Bible says, but the end thereof is the way of death. The feelings of an empty heart, that's a clue 
That's a clue. The restlessness that we have in our life is another clue. In Isaiah 26, 3, the Bible says, you, hear this, hear this, you keep him in perfect peace, perfect peace, perfect peace. You keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And when our mind is stayed on him, we are trusting him. Verse 15 and 16 talk about the long haul. The long haul. The journey from here to God's holy heaven, being faithful to the Lord and letting him uh, uh, mold us and shape us like a potter shapes the clay is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And he says in these verses, let us therefore, if we're mature, if we're growing in the Lord, have this attitude. And if you have a different attitude, God will tell you about it. God will convict you of it. But let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. The standard that attained us was Jesus Christ. He has a standard for us to live by, and it's called holiness and godliness. So step number one, if God has given you an assignment, keep doing what God has called you to do. Don't walk around wondering, well, I wonder what God wants me to do in my life. Whatever he told you last to do, get back to doing it. Keep doing what God has called you to do. And as you do that, don't compare yourself to anybody else in the church. On TV, or TV personality, don't compare yourself to others. That, if you do that, you're living by shame. And God does not shame you. God loves you. He's a loving Father. So don't compare yourself to other people. And learn to pay attention to how you are wired. You know, when God molds that vase, when the potter molds that vase, he has a design in mind as he shapes it and molds it, and it's spinning around. And, uh, and he says, oh, that's just, that's just how I want it. And he takes it off, and he puts it in the kilt, and he fires it up. And that's what gives it the shine, by the way. You know what gives pottery its shine? It's the heat in the hill, in, in the Kilt, is that what it's called? The furnace. And God will make you shine, but you may have to hurt and be on fire for, for just a little while. What we come to learn is, and this, this comes from a, a book called Tyranny of the Urgent. You know, when everything's urgent, nothing's important. Everything's just, you know, there's no priorities. Commitment to the will of God, the purpose for which we were designed, offers freedom. Freedom to become the person we are meant to be. And when you become the person God is meant to you, for you to be like that, like that pot on the wheel, you are at peace with God. That book was written by Charles, Charles Hummel. He says, There is no substitute for the confidence that today, at this time, in this place, I am obeying the will of my Father. There's no substitute for that kind of peace and confidence. So stay humble on this journey. Don't, don't, get, don't get too cocky about how well you're doing for God. Because see, he's still molding us to be who he wants us to be. Stay humble and let the potter do the molding. And number two, remain vulnerable. Remain vulnerable. If you're going to grow in the Lord... You've got to open up and get honest and be authentic and say, I messed up. 
or I don't understand something. I'm not perfect. I'm not there yet. And that's exactly what Paul has said in these verses of Scripture. I'm not there yet, but I'm pressing on. That's vulnerability. And, and if you're going to grow in the Lord and let the potter mold you to what he wants you to be, you have to be willing for him to say, uh, we need to correct this error, we need to straighten that out. And we have to be honest and authentic. In a book called Daring Greatly, Brene Brown writes, if we want greater clarity in our purpose, if we want greater clarity in our purpose and more meaningful spiritual lives, vulnerability is the path. And that's what Paul was, vulnerable. Are you willing to say, Lord, I need to change. And I need to let you change me. And I need to be more focused on you and breathe more in the presence of the Holy Spirit of God and the presence of God in my life and be more sensitive and be more aware and listen better to what God is saying to me as I read and study His Word, not by myself, but with a small group Bible study. We call that Sunday school around here. If today you want to give your life to the Lord, and let him be your savior. You're invited to come while we sing this invitation song. If you wish to unite with our church from the sister church, we invite you to come as well. Will you bow your heads with me as we stand together? Father, we thank you and praise you that you are the creator, the shaper of our life through Jesus Christ. And that you didn't just break us because of our sin and throw us out. But you came in Jesus so that we could be remolded, refashioned into the image of Christ. I pray that there will be one person come today to say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to say yes to Jesus and be saved. I pray that today someone that you've laid on their heart to unite with our church will come. Lord, you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.